And people that are so entrenched and are doing fine, if they're so entrenched in a system that's working for them, the last thing in the world they want to do is change. And that's why you're getting the pushback that you're getting right now. And now for something completely different. Welcome to Surrounded by Idiot Radio Podcast. From the deserts of the southwestern portion of the United States of America, Scottsdale, Arizona, to the sea to shining sea of wherever you happen to be, this is the Surrounded by Idiot's Radio Podcast. This is Tony Dufresne, PhD. Welcome back in. I hope things are going well, and I'm going to jump right into it. This week, I'm going to talk about something I touched on last week, and it had to do with my birthday, which every single year, surprisingly, is on June 19th, which is also the day of Juneteenth. really didn't take hold to the point that it does now because I have a level of expanded awareness because that's what's happened since the protests, and I will be the first one to tell you that my eyes are open now more than they were. Now, that being said, I want the show this week to be about awareness, and more than likely, if you're listening to this, you have a heightened or an elevated level of awareness anyway. You probably work on it. You probably are conscious of it when you have it and when you don't, and you uh, allow yourself to be have some level of humility in the fact that you're not fully aware, which really none of us are all the time. The point of my show is all about just being more aware. I use examples through current observation. I use fables and parables. I talk about philosophical concepts and also relevant psychological studies, all in the name of trying to get us all collectively at a little higher level of clarity and awareness in terms of self-awareness as well as awareness of other people around us, contextual awareness, the different realities that are happening at once, if that makes sense. And then you're able to negotiate your way through certain situations a little more effectively. In pointing out the philosophical and psychological aspects of awareness, I have said many times that there are so many research studies that have concluded that heightened levels of awareness relieves feelings of being stuck. They relieve frustration. They alleviate feelings of being closed in or helpless. And helpless is a big thing because once you get to that helpless stage, that it's a very deep hole to climb yourself out of. And so the converse of that is the current administration and the fact that there's like zero awareness whatsoever. It starts with the self. If there's no self-awareness, it's very, very hard to get somebody to have some level of contextual awareness or awareness of them as a part of a system. There's none of that. And I've talked ad nauseum in the past about there not being an adult in the room. And that's exactly what's happening. It's almost like it's a junior high school class and the teacher gets sick all of a sudden and she has to run out. He has to run out. And then what happens is, is that you've got that smart ass kind of slacker, Mr. Know-it-all towards the back of the room that's always questioning the teacher and the methods. And so he jumps to the front of the room and then starts taking over. And if you can imagine a 13-year-old taking over a classroom and the chaos that would ensue, the rationale behind actions that would hap- that would come from a 13-year-old mind that thinks he knows everything, that's exactly what we're in. So least surprising thing ever, with somebody like that in charge and with everything happening, it including the virus and the stresses on the system that that the virus put on there and the fact that everything came to a head in regards to the police brutality, 
the Black Lives Matter issues, everything just came to a pinnacle. And I, and I think fueled by the virus and the issues that we're having because everybody's just at wit's end, the protests start happening. Not the riots, not the looting, the protests, which are the essence of awareness, aren't they? The entire point of what they're doing is to raise public awareness. They have the awareness because that's the life that they've led. That's the the channel that they've been floating down. Those are the experiences that they've had and their reality. Whereas we've been over in some lake over here and we're not aware of the rapids here and there or the branches that are stuck out here and there or the fact that the current is too strong in certain places and they can't make it over to certain places. We have no idea. We just think the water is just totally chill all the time because we're over here just kicking in the lake. So what they're trying to tell you is, hey, that's not life for everybody. It's not just a chill lake where you can all just kick it and get in and out whenever you want. There's a lot of pitfalls in the water that we live in. And it's been a huge spotlight on the injustice. And you literally have to be so caught up in your own confirmation bias or so lacking in just basic levels of empathy to not see a little bit of the fact that there are some insane levels of injustice that have been going on for years and years and years, and it's systemic. And for people who talk about all that, you know, that's not the case or it's not, and maybe that can be a teaching moment for you and talk to them about what systemic really means. It means it's a part of the system to the point where it's almost like somebody tying their shoes. They don't think about the crossover and the bunny ears and the loop through and all that kind of stuff. They just tie their shoes. Where if you try to, to give them some basic deconstructive notions of tying their shoes, they probably go, what are you talking about? Just tying your shoes. That's the essence of systemic and the reasons why a lot of people are fighting it is because of the fact that, oh, no, there's not. Well, just because you weren't a part of the slow burn in regards of the system that has been created over the past 400 years directly doesn't mean that you're not just going along with it because it's there. It's a part of the system. It's the white noise in the background. And I'm not using that as, I mean, no pun intended whatsoever. But the thing that gets me the most is the fact that they'll come out and say, at large, I'm not talking about just a small group of people. I'm not talking about just lower socioeconomic people. I'm not just talking about criminals in prison that are yelling and pleading because they didn't get their justice. I'm talking about widespread Black Lives Matter representation across all socioeconomic backgrounds, across all different states, urban, suburban living The message is consistent with all of them, which is basically saying you're in a room full of 100 people and you've got 80 people in the room saying, man, I hear that. Do you hear that noise? There's a weird noise happening. And you're sitting there with your group and they're going, well, I don't hear it at all. And because you don't hear it, it doesn't exist. Again, that's what we're dealing with here. But the good news is that effective protests create a lot of uncomfortable space because they're going against the grain. They're telling somebody that, hey, you think everything's cool, but it's not at all, and it's not fair, or it it has serious flaws, and it doesn't work for everybody, and the person on the other side is going, well, it's working for me. It seems like it's fine, and because they have a level of ignorance or a lack of understanding of or a lack of the ability to empathize with somebody, which is the lack of, of situational or contextual awareness... And if they don't have that, they go, well, that's why, but, oh, you're trying to take away my lifestyle or you're trying to take away my jobs or you're trying, or you're trying to make this 
a communist society, which which 90% of the people who say that, they don't even know what the hell that means. But that's what you're getting. That's the pushback. It's a pushback because it's change. And people that are so entrenched and are doing fine, if they're so entrenched in a system that's working for them, the last thing in the world they want to do is change. And that's why you're getting the pushback that you're getting right now. Now, interestingly enough, there's a guy, and I'll, I'll put it in the show notes, and I can't remember the guy's name. He is a research scientist. In 2010, the guy predicted that this year, 2020 or around there, there would be this major upheaval, just exactly what we're dealing with right now. Like, to the T. It w- it's uncanny what this guy did. And the reasons why he said that is because he is a historian as well. And he looked back at the history of civil unrest in the country. And he found out that every 50 years since a period right after the Civil War, there's been a tipping point to where people couldn't take it any longer. So you've got major riots and unrest. You've got the Spanish flu, and then you've had the Depression back in 1920. Then comes 1968-1970, which was Martin Luther King. It was the civil rights unrest of the late 60s. That happened. Now, every single time that something has gone on, it's gotten, again, incrementally a little bit better. It hasn't gotten, I mean, it didn't slide all the way back. And again, I'm just saying incrementally. It hasn't gotten a lot better at all, but I'm just, but that's the whole point in the process of this thing. It happens. It's like taking five steps forward and 4.9 steps back, but, but that's what happens every 50 years. And this guy mapped it out and it was brilliant. And then he said, since 1970, oh, it's 50 years from 1970, it's 2020. And he saw all these things happening. And then basically the coronavirus is icing on the cake. And that civil unrest is the component for change, and change walks hand-in-hand with awareness. So that brings me to the call-to-action part or the part where, you know, what can we do at this point? Well, of course, keep the foot down on the pedal in regards to the pressure on. Keep doing what you can do in terms of being the change that you need to see in your actions out in society, in you being a good citizen, in you being an anti racist in you understanding the system that's been going on and trying to be more aware of all the things that maybe you have not been aware of in the past. And they could be so nuanced and so basic that it might take a few times to do that. And it might take somebody reminding you a few times about things. I, I, you know, it's going to be a little wonky and I got, and I got to be honest with you. I, I'm going to, I'm trying my best and I know I'll, mess up here and there and stuff but that's but the good thing is is that that there are a lot of us out there that have expanded our levels of awareness on this and are a lot more understanding in regards to that uh, the, the many different realities that have been going on and are okay with the change that needs to happen even though it might disrupt our current life or lifestyle as we know it right now. Because, I mean, let, let's be honest. With the coronavirus going on and with the economy that's going to be happening, and, and don't let them tell you any different. We're going to go into some very, very dicey times here because things are not like they used to be, a little bit different. And again, I'm, I'm not the doom and gloom guy, but just be aware. So when it comes down to tools that you can use personally – it all starts with some with a higher level of introspection. And what can you do? You can do meditation, which I highly suggest and I do every single day. You can do journaling, which I have, which I've said a million times. I think it's the most powerful awareness tool I have ever used. 
And the last thing I want to mention today is an online tool, and it's called the Value in Action Survey, and it was created by a guy named Dr. Christopher Peterson at the University of Pennsylvania, which is really the birthplace of positive psychology. And a lot of people over the years have have used this for strength assessment, for employment, or for management teams to see who has certain strengths and then how to put teams together that have people in there that complement each other in regards to their strengths and then their not weak, not so much weaknesses, but not so strong aspects of their virtue or of their ideals or of their character traits. So this value in action survey is terrific. It takes like 10 or 15 minutes to do. And I'm going to put a link in my show notes to get to the value in action survey. And how this can help you is this way. It'll go through and, and it will ask you a certain amount of questions and you'll answer the questions and you'll get this free feedback. And it will talk about certain character traits that everybody has. And it'll talk about the ones that you're really strong in, the ones that are kind of your okay, you know, good foundation, good base. And then they'll also talk about some that you're a little weak in. And when you go through all those, it'll give you a a much better idea in terms of being aware of your strengths and how maybe in certain situations you lean on being more analytic. You lean on being more of a leader. You lean on more of being empathetic or being more loving in certain situations. Not only will it give you the confidence that that is a strength that you have and you can move forward and be confident in the fact that you can use that for good, not only for yourself, but for for the people that are around you, but you also look at the ones that you're not so strong in and maybe in certain situations going forward, this is about being aware, you can Understand that that might be a liability or that might not be something that you're strong in. And if something comes up to where you need to tap into that, then you go, hey, I'm not very strong in this. So so I'm going to I'm going to open myself up more. I'm going to be more vulnerable. And typically you would just, again, systemic, right? You would unconsciously just try to overanalyze thing, things or do things a little bit differently. Whereas the situation, the, the person that you're with maybe it calls for somebody to be more emotionally vulnerable or emotionally there and present for the person and show more love and more kindness. So that way, this test is huge in regards to creating a level of awareness and clarity of the things that you're strong in and the things that you're not so strong in so you can move forward and understand that. If you're listening to me right now, you're ahead of the group anyway, and you're probably way more aware than a lot of people. But that even that being the case, just like me on June on Juneteenth, going 54 years without really, really understanding what that was, and it was on my birthday, that I, I have a lot of room to improve in regards to awareness. And I think everybody does as well. And that's why I'd, I just want to pass on and remind you again about meditation remind you again about the power of journaling and then bring in a new thing, bring in a new little test you can take that will pay off huge in regards to levels of awareness and understanding of yourself, which is the value in action survey. That's what I got for you this week. I hope things are good. You can go to javabud.com, J-A-V-A-B-U-D, wherever and however you're listening to this podcast. It's It really helps if you can rate and review, especially on Apple Podcasts, because I think there's about 750,000 of us out there. And if you can maybe do a little quick rate and review, if you dig it, I mean, if you don't, then you don't, you know, it is what it is. And hopefully you'll move on to the 749,000 whatever podcast show and find something better there. 
But if you do like it and you do enjoy our time together, then I would really appreciate if you could throw out a little rate and review on whatever platform you happen to be listening to this. I would really appreciate that. I just re-edited, revised my book. If you want a copy, a PDF copy of the revised version of the book, email me, Tony at Javabud.com, and I'll send you one. Given the current circumstances, and try to help out as many people as possible and start a dialogue with each other. So I hope things are great. I, I hope you're doing well. I hope you're taking care of your people and they're taking care of you. I will talk to you next week. I don't want to be alone. I'm calling on home.